Hello and welcome to Today in Space, the All Things Space podcast. I am your host, Alex Giorfanos, your space podcast host from the East Coast. We're closing out the February, month of February 2021, and for a short month, it has been very long. Uh, it has been filled with Mars. Every episode this month has has dived into this uh, amazing opportunity we have every two years or so when we're able to send missions to Mars, right? Uh, we had Hope. We had Tianwen-1, which is now making its orbital uh, adventure closer to the planet to get ready for the drop-down in May. And, of course, we had the Perseverance launch, which I still can't believe it was only uh, the week before. I guess at this point it's it's almost a week and a half. But, wow, I, I can't tell you how long, it, like, ever since the moment, the day that it, it landed, I, I would even say the Monday that the the data came out from the Perseverance rover, uh, the first dump of high-quality stuff that we got, the world, it just seems like a week went by like like that, like the blink of an eye. So we're here, we're catching up, we're closing out February here. You're, if you're listening to this, it might be the last day of February. If not, it's probably just starting March. So what we wanted to do was talk about what to expect to start March of 2021, right? So Starship SN10, they did a static fire, they swapped in another Raptor engine, which apparently was a new record in, in them changing that out. So SpaceX getting ready, getting ready for SN10. It's possible it might happen this week. It might even happen uh, w- by the time you listen to this episode. So who knows? Uh, so that's very exciting. The next steps are happening for Starship. We're starting to see the uh, the first stage portion of Starship where we're going to start seeing uh, more developed there. So there's, there's a lot going on in Boca Chica, Texas. Uh, we're also going to be seeing on Mars the Ingenuity helicopter is going to come out of the belly of Perseverance and find its way on the surface and then they're going to start flying that thing around. It was supposed to be about a month after the mission happened. So they're making sure everything's good there and they're going to start flying that thing on Mars. The first time, first helicopter on any other alien planet other than Earth, right? So that's pretty amazing. Uh, and I'm just, in general, just, uh, like I said, time has been flying by. It's been super busy. I'm sure it has been for you. I hope you're doing well. Um, I'll give myself kudos this week in the podcast because I usually just talk about and make fun of myself. But um, I actually focused when I got busy. I actually, this is the first week in like my 31 years of life, first week that I actually focused on like myself. I was like, okay, I'm getting busy. I need to do the meditation. I got to do the workout. I got to make sure I drink some water. I got to go to bed early. Like it's the first time I actually focused on that. So kudos to my, to my future self. If you're listening to this, uh, first of all, that's weird if you're listening to your own stuff, but uh, just as a reference, good job. So (laughs) what I wanted to do (laughs) is share my thoughts on the perseverance landing so far where we've come. I started watching that first broadcast on Monday where they really gave us a huge dump of information, uh, high quality images, the first video of that EDL entry descent and landing that we, we saw with curiosity and then the sheer perfection of how everything worked, even just how smooth the sky crane technique was. Those boosters were locked in, they did everything they were supposed to do and more, and we got amazing pictures. Having those two satellites, uh, the MRO and MAVEN, right there to gather all of that data and watch as it's as it's happening and, and to get high quality images as fast as they did is amazing. Um, let's see. 
some of the things that I took away from this, especially from that broadcast, again, I'm, I still have to go through that. I've, I've only really like scratched the surface of it, so we'll have it in this week's podcast if you want to listen to it. But uh, I loved the, the original EDL cam story. of The whole reason why that camera even happened, that whole setup even happened, was because of one of the team members, one of the leaders, saw his daughter strap on like a GoPro and do a backflip and that's where the idea came from and I, I love that I think that's there's so much that we can find that, that can then be molded and crafted through a scientific process to become something that's great and it can be really simple like watching something else happen and then connecting the dots to something else I think that part of science is not discussed a lot and uh, it's almost um, it's almost like there's this leaning towards this perfection of science and if it's not perfect and it's not the best idea ever it's not a good idea and just think about how this EDL cam origin story happened I, I love that stuff um, so it's definitely something to go listen to listen to the whole story and how, how an idea develops like this uh, their mantra too their expectations set from the beginning I loved this they said we get what we get for content that's it if we're gonna put cameras on here that's great if we're gonna put a microphone that's great but are we going to compromise the success of the mission or the day the science that we're sending this thing this you know expensive rover that we're sending on another planet are we gonna compromise our mission or our design or anything like that and then beat ourselves up about it or or ruin things because we're worried we may not get pictures or we may not get video or whatever so i think that's great and just being like hey if we get the content if we get the videos that's a huge win for us instead of oh the video wasn't 1080p so what it doesn't matter and that's that's what i loved about the the right expectations they had on this um from the moment that they landed over the weekend they processed the information 30 gigabytes of information traveling from mars to earth which takes 10 to 11 minutes just just to send the data beam in the first place the first piece of data that gets sent right 11 minutes they spent all weekend 30 gigabytes and 20,000 images of data uh wild to see how that and that definitely gave more credence to why it took so long you know it, it took so long for them to get this high quality information right the missions in the past, we've gotten stuff quick, like that first cam on the surface where they took the first picture after it got dropped down uh, during the live stream of that. That was a super low, that was a thumbnail. That was a really low quality image. And so if we're going to get these high quality, that video that came back, that's possible because we spent more time sending more information, higher quality, more information. So that is a a problem that we have right now in space that is a, a fundamental thing and we saw that with the release you know waiting till monday but again i said it online on twitter but I'll, I'll say it here again like i would rather them take the time to figure out the right thing to say and and, and extract more knowledge for us to teach us more things if it takes two days as opposed to instantly i'm about that that's good um so i have to uh, roll back my expectations as well because uh, having it instantly is just so much better. But uh, a few more other things. The uh, Just a kudos to, to NASA in general. I think what they've done with Perseverance as far as a like a uh, presentation, I, I love the graphics that they're doing. I'm seeing a lot of 
uh, old vintage NASA um, graphics and images, even like the style, the stylization that they're doing, they're really pulling on the retro style, that, and I love it. Um, there were some pictures of the spacecraft uh, with all the pieces exploded out so that you could see all the, the various aspects. They could tell you about it. And then on the bottom, they had like just a simple, it wasn't complicated, it was very simple. They had on the bottom of, of the image as it was coming in, they had the different uh, steps of what the spacecraft's going through. Uh, entering with the heat shield, having the parachute, deploying the heat shield, releasing the spacecraft, sky crane, landing. Like, they had an image of that, and it, it, they would only show the next image when it was on it. So that was great. I thought that that kind of stuff we need more of. We need to tie in all these other ways to teach people for all their different ways and, and just to make it more immersive and, and to understand the complexity of everything that's going on. Uh, the thing that blew my mind was the parachute. Uh, that was the first thing that blew my mind. It's a hypersonic parachute, 150 pounds of the parachute. It was project. It was released via a mortar out the back of the spacecraft as it's coming in. Um, and the vehicle was going 1,000 miles per hour. It shoots it back, 150 pounds of parachute. It opens up in seven-tenths of a second. And it did it, like, flawlessly. Uh, it was great. Um, and one of the things that didn't come through in the simulation that I thought was really interesting was the the video of the EDL on Mars and seeing just how long the heat shield actually fell for, it gave me a better, I understood the, the grasp of just how high the spacecraft was on re-entry. Um, you just kept watching it go and drop and drop and I don't even think you ever actually saw it drop in the, in the EDL video, so that's amazing. So our Mars takeaway to encapsulate this whole month, it's been amazing. Uh, what what have we taken away? Mars is difficult. Even though we had three for three this time, and I think that's incredible and amazing. Uh, two of them, the UAE Hope Mission and NASA's mission, uh, they had both were backed by NASA in some form or fashion to understand how to get there. So there was some experience behind there of we've done this before. That still doesn't mean it's going to happen every single time. And up until that lo that rover landed, it was still possible that the whole month could have been spent talking about Perseverance and it failed. Uh, it's happened before. It's happened before on Mars. So we, we can't underestimate how difficult it is. Um, people care about this. People, it's very popular right now. This this mission of Mars, everything has stirred up conversation. People were sharing it online. Space Twitter was blowing up. Um, but we're still, and it's part of the balance, right? The balance for the science industry and, and science as a, as a community, uh, especially the space industry, is that there's still a gap between the release of the information and that being fast enough to prevent faux science uh, or, or, or attention grabbers to create incorrect information from getting out there, right? There was plenty of uh, conversation. A lot of people have reached out to me talking about the different things that were released that people got basically hosed on. Like they, there was that 3D image of Mars with the giant starscape on top where they put the Milky Way galaxy on top. That was a fake image. That was not real. And they were not communicating that to you. You just, if you're looking at that, how it came across is this is literally from the rover on Mars. Um, and that wasn't true. There was even the audio, the audio recording on the surface of Mars. The first one that got released was actually using an image of Curiosity rover and then overlaying an audio. So an, again, another if if the people, and this is where I think we 
we can get better with this perseverance launch. Just talking about science communication and how we can improve on these things. Again, I think NASA did a great job when the information came out. But in that time in between, I think there's so much that we can do to let people know who are the people they can talk to about this, right? To answer the questions, was this real? Is this, the, you know, um, and, and sharing like, more about when this information is coming out. I'm tied into the algorithm on the space stuff, so I have alerts on my computer. I'm I'm getting tagged in when this stuff is happening, but no one else is doing that. And unless you're doing that, you're going to miss when this stuff comes out. Um, I think one of the things that can help that, again, just throwing it out there, it's just an idea, take it how it is. But I think having... For when, it, when there's a mission like this, I think allowing the mission team to talk about it online in the gap between is, is actually a good strategy during those two days. Because otherwise, you just have some other person who doesn't know, doesn't know what they're talking about or is just doing this for attention and misleading people. And first impressions are everything, right? Whether it's your first impression on something you scroll by, an article that you read, uh, how you read another person first impressions are everything and so if we can get people out there so that this kind of stuff there's a face to go to there's a person to ask i think that's great and then letting the news the people that are going to share that stuff and, and make it go viral they know they should be looking at this person first and if you're not in the conversation then the conversation goes somewhere else so i think um it's something in general i think just it's not going to be one person that does this it's not going to be one company that does this it's not one organization like nasa it's going to be it's got to be the scientific community that does this uh better so um that's why we're here that and there are always ways to improve so that's that's our that's our thought final takeaway from mars i still think it was great i still think that there was a huge wave of interest in people that that came on board and it was great it was great um and to close out we this is black history month and we wanted to focus about black history in nasa and i originally was going to come on and i I thought i was going to do it like every week but honestly i realized very quickly that i didn't want to just come on here and just like reread information or history without or, or things about people without really understanding it um and i actually want i actually learned a lot during this about uh, black history within nasa and and how just the american experience of, of all humanity here in the u.s um is focused on the space industry um you know I'm, I'm aware of the gravity of the race and culture during the space race history i've i've, I've done enough research that i've started to tie the gaps you know there's von braun who Literally, uh, I, I mean, I guess it's alleged, but uh, literally couldn't be closer to being a Nazi, um, is the main techno technological expert that got us to the moon. The Saturn V, that rocket, is literally the reason we got to the moon. So that is a complicated thing. So already NASA has a complicated history to start, right? And this is where I'm going with this. Um, the pilot culture in general. Astronauts were pi fi fighter pilots, test pilots, these really just adrenaline junkies you know on the edge of their seats and there was a there was a lot of racism and just white male dominance in the culture that was the most of them were um and then there are people like ed dwight and ed white a white man and a black man both in the astronaut program um and their story is really interesting and 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 and, and although it was complex and although it started with all these things that were not good I think NASA shows a, 
an example, thank goodness for an American institution, that has changed over time and become and has has gotten stronger with their diversity and 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 at the highest level, right? It it all the people that are working at NASA, regardless of where they come from, what their genetic background is, whatever it is, they're hu- they're some of the smartest human beings on the planet. Um, and the whole thing with Ed Dwight and Ed White. Um, there was like this connection that happened. If you've seen the movie uh, Hidden Figures, they're, they're inside of NASA. People turned around to say, this isn't right. We need to do better. And they changed it from within, right? I think that's one of the great things. And, and it was not great. It took a really long time. Um, but they they managed, and, and watching that history and, and realizing that they all had a, a mission of getting these other human beings to the moon they had they had a bigger purpose to come together behind that i think we don't have as much during the day in our day-to-day and earth in 2021 right there was this huge thing about going to space it was a survival there was a, a kinship that came from doing the science to achieve something great right and then they were able to see each other as human beings over time it took, <laughs> they did not get it right it took them a very long time to figure it out but they did um, and then one of the things, piece of, of black history within NASA that I learned this month was uh, with Michelle Nichols and her whole role after the space race, right? The, the Apollo era, enter uh, Michelle Nichols. And she goes from being uh, a, a hugely popular cultural icon on a sci-fi program, obviously Star Trek, one of the biggest of all time, during the space ra- uh, space shuttle era and brings in insane amounts of talent from all kinds of backgrounds uh women uh gay black there's so many people that were just talented people that were brought into nasa to make nasa better because they're just their backgrounds made them uh incredible people incredible scientists they could do different it, it, that is a huge piece of it that I'm going to jump into here. And uh, I'm going to be watching the Woman in Motion documentary. It's available online a bunch of different places. I'll try and put a link in this week's episode if you want to check up on it. But um, the reason that it went from what it was, the Apollo era, with how much divide it was, to think that Michelle Nichols brought in all those people that changed NASA within the inside, um, that is why we have a NASA that we have today, where we... we uh, again, another part of Black history within NASA in America is the duo of President Obama and NASA Administrator Charles Bolden, who was a space shuttle uh, astronaut, having them set the grounds for what we have today, which is the commercial crew program, where now our rate of space travel has increased, right? We've gotten our own rocket, uh, our own American-made rocket, American made spacecraft and our own ability to send our own astronauts into space again all of that was because of president obama and nasa administrator charles bolden and so all of these major turning points without black americans in this we would not have nasa this would not exist today so um i think it's an incredible history to dive into and uh, i'm gonna provide as many links as i can this week but my takeaway from this, uh, from this 2021 Black History Month, uh, is that even though I do know some of it, I there's so much more to learn, and 
uh, I can learn more about not only black history, but our collective humanity, right? All of our history, how, how we're all par part of this giant, this small planet in an infinite universe. And uh, it's not just about that, but, but there's so much more you can learn. So even though you may know some things, there's always something else that you can dive into more and understand further than just memorizing a bunch of names and maybe what they did. Um, we're, we're going to keep building on it. Uh, next year we'll do even more, and, and every year we'll add more to that and learn more and more. That is what this show is about. That is what we hope uh, Black History Month is in February. But that's not the only time you should be learning about Black History. Remember that. Uh, and that's it. Keep up all the good work, people. This was a quick episode coming at you at the end of March, at the end of February, going into March. And that's it. We've we actually read a little bit of the case from Mars. Again, I am a really bad reader. Uh, it takes me a really long time. I listen to books uh, a lot faster. But uh, just going through the case for Mars already uh, has gotten my brain jumping all over the place. A lot of the ideas that I have stemmed from this old book. A lot of these ideas that um, that I, I've kind of learned over the time and gotten bits of pieces of people over time, I'm realizing this is the crux of where all of all of how we can go to Mars, that we can go now, that we don't have to wait and have this big program. Robert Zubrin was talking about that years ago. So it's cool to, to know where that idea kind of stemmed from, uh, where it could be built off of. And then we've got uh, Avi Loeb's Extraterrestrial, The First Sign of Intelligent Life Beyond Earth, which we're reading and listening to right now. And we're going to be talking more about it this month. But that's it, folks. Thank you for joining us. Spread love and spread science. We hope you stay well. See you next time. Another episode of Today in Space.